Alright everybody, we're back with another episode of Past Player Purchase. This is your host Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So today we're going to take a look at a bidding game called No Thanks, at least in the US. Uh, it's a game by Thorsten Gimler. Gimler? I apologize in advance for probably mispronouncing that. And published by Amigo Games. It's a quick playing game for 3-7 to seven players, at least in the revised version. Uh, the original version actually only had it for up to five so kind of a real quick caveat though we're more used to playing in like a three to five player type of setting but uh, i'm sure we'll have some of our own commentary about thoughts on if we were to go to seven now that being said the box didn't actually have an estimated length of time on it so you know at least again for us to me i would say for a group of five 30 minutes is probably a pretty decent time span uh, assuming people know how to play the game already. So the revised version came out in 2018, can be found on Amazon for about $10, although as always, we encourage you to check your uh, favorite local game store. And very simply, you're actually trying to win by having the fewest points. That's a plot twist, right? Mm. Uh, so yeah, we want the fewest points by strategically taking or passing on cards. And I guess you would be saying no thanks at that time. But for the specific mechanics, I'll turn things over to Leanne. So as Kevin mentioned, the object of this game is to score the fewest points. The cards that you're acquiring during the game count for points, and you're going to be continually trading counters for cards. These are these red tokens, red disc tokens that everybody has. Um, and you're managing your supply of counters to be able to be selective with the cards you take and therefore accumulate the fewest number of points possible. The cards are numbered from 3 to 35. To set up, you shuffle the cards, 9 cards go back in the box, and the rest of the cards form the draw pile. Each player has a starting supply of counters, and everyone starts with the same amount. So we're used to playing with three to five players, which means everybody gets 11 counters each to start. In a six player game, everybody gets nine counters to start. And in a seven player game, everybody gets seven counters each to start. So the way the game is played is like this. The first player reveals the first card from the stack. They decide whether to take it and place it in front of them, meaning it will count towards their points at the end of the game. Or they can say, no thanks, and put a counter on top of the card to pass it to the next player. The next player has the same choice, take the card or put a counter on it to say no thanks. Points are bad, so high value cards are likely to be passed up by multiple players before they are taken. And this continues until someone breaks down and takes that card, and they also get all the counters on top of it. At the end of the game, Counters negate the points on the cards. So if you have counters at the end of the game, you'll be able to counterbalance the card points and you will have a lower net score than what the cards show. And one cool thing, if you take cards with consecutive numbers, then only the lowest number in the series counts. And a series can be as small as two cards. So for example, if you took the card number 10, later on card number 9 comes up and you take card number 9, 9 and 10 make a series, so you would only score 9 points for that series of cards. Effectively, the 10 is 0 points. That's pretty cool. And 
That is the game. The game ends when the stack runs out. The winner is the player with the least points. You total up all the cards, minus out however many counters each player has left, and that's how you figure out who has the least points. And that is no thanks. All right. And sorry if it was already um, explained, but there's also some random cards that are taken out from the stack. Uh, the deck or yeah, the stack. Yeah, the nine that are removed at the beginning before you right. make the draw pile. So right. you don't necessarily have everything from three to 35 and you don't know, right? Like when you're trying to make your series, you're kind of betting on what's going to come out. Yep. Uh, it's just real important because yeah, that really adds to the kind of push your luck uh, strategy part of the game. So that being said, though, we'll turn things over to uh, the notes. So for me, the positive is, as you could already tell, it's very simple to teach. Uh, the setup, as you could probably picture, it's very easy. It's a small box game. Basically, it has the deck of cards, the counters right next to it. So the size of what, maybe about uh, two decks of cards thereabouts. So yeah, very compact. And then, of course, cleanup is very easy. So uh, I think, as I've mentioned before, sometimes I do like being the lazy gamer, and this is a good fit for that. The other side is that there's definitely at least some strategy here with what I think is a pretty reasonable random element. Uh, usually when we play these smaller, I guess I would call it like a party-style game, even though it maxes out at 7, um, yeah, oftentimes there's a lot more random rather than strategy and in this case you know obviously there's uh, still that random element but there's a few things right one is if you want to be like a card counter uh, you could kind of start keeping track well i should say not even counting because that'll become open information so you could kind of maybe start hedging your bets if you will uh, the other side though is being more like a counter counter so keeping track of how many tokens each person still has uh, that's really part of that kind of push your luck because once you run out of tokens things can start going really downhill which on a quick side the game uh, proposed I guess that you could play it online with people the biggest twist being that the uh, the amount of counters uh, is open information which when I was looking at that at least from my play experience i I really think it would take a lot away from the game yeah. because the main part of that strategy is kind of figuring out like, oh, yeah, if I pass on this, you know, am I going to miss out or am I going to have to take it? Is somebody else going to have to take it before me? Uh, that's, yeah, that's to me a lot of the thought here. So, yeah. you know, just uh, I'll flip that also into a word of caution. I don't think I'd recommend playing that uh, virtual way. So... I don't know. I'm sure there must be a way to program around it, but uh, skipping back to the, the positives here. Um, yeah, it's it's not a heavy game, of course, by any means, but for what it is, you know, definitely being on the light side of things, again, I like the balance. So going to the words of caution, uh, some of it, I guess, would be a little bit obvious where there's no really, like, story, uh, theme. Uh, again, there's no heavy strategy. The artwork, quite frankly, is fairly limited. Uh, there's probably even less art than the game, uh, which we had covered earlier. Uh, it makes the cards at least a little bit more kind of interesting or neat to look at. And there's a trade-off. I mean, in this case, the cards are more legible. So, you know, yeah, give and take. Uh, and then the other part is, for me, I think it's best with like four to five players. Uh, it works okay at three 
again, haven't really played it at 6 or 7, uh, but I know even at like 5, or maybe we played it once at 6 or so, and it could get, it could get really tough, um, because again, once somebody runs out of their chips, which are spread a lot more thinly for a 6 player game, uh, people can just start getting kind of, uh, I don't know how to put it, between a rock and a hard place when it comes time to pick cards because, again, there's so few chips. One person can basically try to hoard it. And, yeah, it really, really changes the dynamic in a way that I don't think is necessarily for the best. But pretty minor things overall. Uh, aside from that, what about you? What do you think? I agree with you, Kevin. It's a very simple game. Very easy to set up, very easy to teach, very fast to play, relatively speaking. And it's possible for almost anyone to win this game with a little bit of luck and some thinking. So I think because it is such a minimal game, you know, there's the cards and then there's the tokens and the cards that are in the game are randomized each time. And then, you know, you you kind of have a really level playing field, I think, for this one. And I say this as a person who, at least in our group, I definitely think I'm outmatched on the strategy side in most situations, uh, particularly when the mechanics are more complex. But for something like this, it's a bit more of an even playing field. I think my words of caution is it is all about betting and pushing your luck, and that's it. So flip side of that, I'm not actually very good at no thanks, and I never really have been. I think it can be difficult especially for a newer player to figure out how to value something appropriately. How far should I let this card circulate around with people's counters before I decide to take it? And I've you know, thought out loud and watched other people think out loud to say, okay, this card is a 16, now it's got five counters on it, therefore it's a net 11, like positive 11 points for me. Okay, yeah, that seems worthwhile. But um, that's not going to be a perfect science, like Kevin said, as you're trying to keep track of how many counters other people still have in their hands, how much more they might be willing to let a card stay out there or pass on it before they're forced to take it. That's what you have to do when you run out of counters. You can't say no thanks. You just got to take it. And sometimes that can quickly become a downward spiral, right? And it just depends on the flop. It depends on okay, I grabbed one card, I was really out of tokens, I happened to be the person to grab it, next card flops, and oh shoot, it's another high card, it doesn't connect with my other high card in a series, but I actually don't have a lot of tokens, so, you know, you're just SOL at that point, and that's just how it goes. All right, which actually brings me back to one more comment. I think for me, part of the uh, thing that I like about this is, I mean, yeah, Leanne is totally right. It's very much a bidding aspect. Uh, but in this case, it's more almost like a Dutch auction style. So rather than bidding something up, uh, you're trying to bid it lower and lower because, right, uh, as more counters drop down, uh, it makes the kind of cost, if you will, cheaper. And you need to figure out uh, what level of cheapness, I guess, is acceptable for you before somebody else decides that it's, you know, cheap enough for them. And, and of course, similarly, in any kind of bidding or auction game, everybody has their own uh, thoughts of the valuation. But again, in this case, I find it a little bit more fascinating because, yeah, it's having the value come down or the cost come down. I guess that's a really, I just had a revelation from what you just said, Kevin. I think, so 
One thing you have to accept with this game is you're going to get some points. There is pretty much no way that you're going to walk out of this with like, oh, I'm never going to take a card. You're going to take a card at some point. And so I think once you get that in your head, then like Kevin said, you're looking to see how cheap is tolerable for you. And is that like an acceptable kind of hit to take? And I think that's really different from, at least I would say the mentality of someone like myself, a little bit newer gamer, maybe a little bit more basic gamer to think like, okay, I'm going to try to get through a game unscathed. And that's just not this game at all. Yep, that's also a great point. Uh, but I guess that all being said, we'll go ahead and get into our decisions. So for me, um, I mean, taking everything into account, I would say this is definitely a purchase. And here's why. I think it's a great value. Uh, it's a very cheap game at $10. And for that, I think you get a lot. It's a, again, compact game, so it doesn't take up too much space. Uh, it's very easy to set up, teach, play, and again, there's, there is enough strategy where uh, if you're looking for a good filler, for me, this, this can really hit the spot. Uh, you know, maybe I'll hear from Leanne on it later, but one of the reasons I'm really drawn to it is uh, our group is kind of staggered usually when everybody gets together for the gaming. And so especially if we know there's like, you know, maybe about 20 minutes uh, before I guess we'll call it the rest of the group comes in and we're going to really get into the uh, other games, I guess we'll call it. Uh, this is a perfect filler for that. Again, we can just bust it open, set it up. We can finish the game, have uh, the juices going, and yeah, we'll be we'll be done in time. So yeah, again, I think it's just a really good value. Um, yeah. Well, it's a play for me. I will play it. I have played it many times. I know Kevin loves it, as you've obviously just heard. It is a good well, love filler. Love might be a little bit strong. Again, I I just think it's a tremendous value. Whether okay. we equate that to like a love on the scale, I don't okay. know. Okay, okay. It is, it is, for a filler game, it is a consistent pick for you. It's like you you can play it over and over and over again. True. That might be because I also have an affinity for bidding games. Yeah. But I also find it more interesting than like a love letter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So no thanks for sale. Kevin, you will tend to pick those over something like Love Letter. I actually prefer Love Letter. So that's, but that it's just a difference in preference. And mostly, I think it's mostly because mentally for me, I have just not cracked this whole bidding me me mechanic. I think that's true of any game that we've played. Like think of, what was the one that was like Key, Keyblade Dragons or Keystone's Dragons or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Keydom's Dragons, Keydom's Dragons where there's so much bidding in that and I was just honestly I just am so lost in those kinds of situations so I think that might be why this is just a play for me and apparently makes shopping dangerous in real life for her oh my but, goodness um, all right so there you have it I mean yeah we have one purchase one play I mean overall still a pretty solid game so I think that means we encourage you to at least check it out but as always we thank you for listening hope to catch you on the next episode thank you